0: If you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show.
2: show. Hello, and welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. We are so excited to be joined today by Facilitator of Miracles, Brandon Bozarth. Hi, Brandon. Welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: We are so excited to have you. I was I was telling you offline, I I heard you on Positive Head, which is a podcast that everyone who listens to this podcast is pretty familiar with. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I mean, you're just, you just a beautiful presence and you were doing some pretty magical, wonderful things. But also there was just something about, you know when you just like have to re-listen to something over and over again or just like be in the energy of something over and over again because mm-hmm. it just feels so good. That's what it was like when I heard your – Interview, so I was like, oh, it's got to be on this podcast." So, thank you for coming and sharing that with this audience. And you know, since you are new to this podcast, would love if you could share a little bit about you and your story and how you got to do what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So, first of all, what that tells me, you know, you listening to it on repeat is that you uh, you've had all the same thoughts as me, and it's like, oh, this feels like me. And so, it's like a moment of seeing ourselves and each other, you know? So, you know, thank you for that because that's really you giving it to yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Shaka came through pretty hot in that episode, <laughs> yeah. which was really always fun. That's like where he's at all the time. Yeah. So that's always fun, especially when it was spontaneous. I had no clue that that was going to happen, but you know, that's the, that's the fun of it. So.
2: Do you want to um, share who Shaka is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> The short story is that I have a very interesting relationship with Bashar. You guys are familiar? Yes, Mm -hmm. very. So I was introduced to Bashar around maybe 21, um, 29. And at first it was like, why is this guy yelling? He's too intense. (laughs) And I just couldn't do it. And so then I went back like a couple months later because some of the things he was saying like rang so true, like hit this core part of me. So I knew there was something there and um, I just started binging his content. And I've probably listened to every Bashar audio since 1985, since then. And it it completely changed my life. But it took a long time for that information to travel from my head to my heart, from my head to living it. And um, I discovered Shaka, I'll give you the short, story because I have a whole 20 minute video on this story. When I was in a session with Bashar, which first of all, that is almost impossible to get. They book out for a year, usually within a couple of weeks. And I, since I was 21, I want to get a session. And I finally got a session and I asked him, you know, do I, do I channel, have I channeled you in a parallel or past or future life? It's all really the same thing. He goes, yes, but that's not, the primary reason you have a very strong connection with us is because you have a couple of counterparts in our society. And for those of you that don't know what a counterpart is, I like to think of it as your soul, your oversoul is your palm and the extensions of your soul are like the fingers and a counterpart. You might be this finger and your counterpart is this finger. And this can be in any, any time period, current, past, future. So he was sharing that I have a counterpart in the Sasani society And that um, his specialty is what's called cosmic circuitry, which is what this is. And I received that symbol. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. About uh, maybe three years ago when I was just dozing off to a nap and boom, it just woke me up out of the nap and I drew it. And after I drew it, I had my first experience of automatic writing. And that became the first program and course that I put out. Well, uh, three years later, I'm sitting with Bashar, and he's telling me that that was a signal, kind of like a broadcast that I picked up from my future self, this counterpart, Shaka. I didn't give me the name at the time. And um, that he broadcast these symbols up and down his incarnational line as this, like, collective mission of upliftment and empowerment. And if, if you're in the right state of being to receive it, then it could, you know, do what it does, um, whatever that may be. For me, it put me in a state, it gave me permission to access a state where I could just automatically write. Um, that's the short of the long. So once I discovered that, I said, Bashar, is this, uh, can I channel this being, you know, I've always been interested in channeling and it's been the information that has changed my life most profoundly. And he said, yes, he has a desire to channel. And I ended up hiring a channeling coach and working with him and going through all of these trials and these identity crises. Like what if people are only going to like me because of my channeling? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know like is yeah. channeling is channel material more real more valuable than other materials like there was this sense of separation and uh I went through a lot of inner work just to be able to verbally channel and then it started happening and and here we are
2: wow Amby can you relate to any of that <laughs>
0: uh yeah a lot of it um yeah, I actually went through an identity thing too, because the Arcturians told me they were gonna channel with me in a different way. And you know, people on this podcast have heard it, but I went through an identity of are people gonna like me if it's still the information is coming through differently, and am I still channeling and et cetera, et cetera. So definitely relate to that. Interestingly enough, when I channeled this weekend, we did an event. The person, someone was watching me and she sees auras and she kept seeing triangles on mm. my throat yeah. and on my third eye. So when I saw your triangle in the background, I was like, interesting. And then when you showed me that symbol, I was like, what's happening right now? So
1: <laughs> Well, you know, the triangle with a blue background is the Sasani's phone number, like vibrational phone number. Um, I'd say it also represents balance. So maybe you're just in a very balanced state, and she could pick that up.
2: Mm, I like that. Okay, Thank oh, you. So cool. And so now you work with Shaka, does Shaka.
1: Yeah, Shaka. Which interestingly enough, backwards is Akash.
2: Ah! Like wow, that. love that. And you, and what has changed in your life since you know working with Shaka? <clears throat>
1: Um, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm the same me. I'm still doing the, all the things that, you know, I, as Brandon love, we have our own programs and courses and retreats. And I work with a lot of clients, different clients. I'm writing the 13 book. Um, I just have a new expression of my excitement. It doesn't feel foreign to me. It doesn't feel like, uh, it just feels like more of me. Mm. So for me, it's like, there's just more of me being expressed. Um, synchronicity, I mean, definitely synchronicity with extraterrestrial related um, like experiences has picked up. Like I'm just connecting to more um, channels and I have a bunch of dreams with Bashar and Shaka and conversations and kind of cool experiences. I was at, in Sedona one time. Uh, this was after a retreat and I could feel like the Essasani energy behind me. And I stop and I just get this, this thought it's like, they're going to fly right behind me. Like their ship's just going to zoom across the sky. And I'm with, with some friends and and I wanted to be cool. So I was like, guys, watch this. And I just go, <laughs> boom. And I point and they all look and a ship just flies right where I pointed. And I was just as shocked. <laughs> so there's been a lot of cool things like that, um, that have happened. Some, some other stuff too. I've actually seen extraterrestrials physically in person um, like an actual body in front of me. Um, So that that kind of synchronicity has picked up since the channel.
0: What do they look like?
1: Well, the one that I saw physically was a child. It was a hybrid child. So it was like, maybe she was eight. Um, and looked incredibly human, and honestly, it blipped in and out of reality like that. So I, I'm in Sedona at the time, living in Sedona by Bell Rock, one of the you know most powerful vortices on this side of the world. And I just finished giving a talk on hybrid children. And not only that, a friend of mine, or a friend of mine's child, gives me a dog tag like from their dog, literally, and the name is Pearl, and Pearl according to Bashar was one of the names of my hybrid children. I also grew up on Pearl street and it was really random. It was, Hey, you should have this. And I'm like, okay. And it was purple. And the first UFO I ever saw was purple glowing, a purple glowing light in the sky. And I'm on my way to go talk about hybrid children. And I'm just like, what is going on paying attention. And I finish giving the talk and I'm walking back off trail and I come around a bend and there's just a child there. And as soon as I kind of like, see them they blip out they're gone and i'm shocked and i i take a picture of the space and there's a whole rainbow aura around where the child was standing i still have the picture so it's pretty cool but bashar confirmed that when i talked to him he goes that's that's like a beginning of first contact protocol this is they'll blip in and and blip out to see if you're sensitive enough to pick them up it's like Mm -hmm. very early stages of first contact
2: Mm. wow do you think that uh in our lifetime we will like walk amongst ets openly Yeah.
1: yeah i mean i think we already are with certain types of ets they're called precursors so they're made to look very human and but they have a very alien frequency and all that really means is very different than humans and they're a type of measuring device that when you walk by them if you can pick it up they take that as feedback and go, humans are getting more sensitive. We can increase contact. You know, yeah. they're more present. They're picking up on energy. So they are They are already walking among, amongst us in certain ways. But will we have open contact with extraterrestrials and start integrating them into our society in this lifetime? 100% by 2050, that will begin, is my belief. Mm-hmm. I can't know that because I can't tell the future, but that's my belief.
2: Mm-hmm. Exciting times! That's very exciting. very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Love that. So, one of the things that we were talking about before we hopped on here, and and you're gonna uh, channel Shaka for us shortly, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful. Thank you. Um, but one of the things we were talking about that we were saying our community's really been talking about a lot, and has really been on your heart is, you know getting out of the mind and mm-hmm. freeing the mind and creating mm-hmm. a new right because we're all so i think one of the huge things that 2020 did for us was allowed us to slow down enough to be like what am i doing like break out of that trance of mm-hmm. the go 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 and the just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Uh, live to work type of thing. Mm-hmm. So now a, a lot more people around me are go, and myself are like, how can I even further break out of these programs that I've been conditioned to believe in lack and fear and overworking mm-hmm. and overgiving and unworthiness and yeah. really embrace all that I am and yeah. all that I can be. So would love to hear your, your thoughts on that. Specifically
1: on how to break through.
2: Yes, on how to how Hmm. to more easily or more intentionally uh, unplug from right all the ideas we're, t- we're told and create our own realities.
1: Yeah, really good. So I'd say, you know it's like this moment we're in right now is the only moment we can work with. So if there's nothing stressing you out, then you don't need to go look for something to, f- to fix or heal. I think there's this like outdated belief of like, just go make sure you're all healed and then go do the things you love. And to me, it's the opposite. It's like, start doing the things you love. And if you need to heal something, life will show you very quickly. So in this moment, if there's a stressful thought of a future, which can only be of a future and, you know, our stressful thinking about the future is a projection of the past. So there's nothing actually in reality that could be causing us stress. And that's a really great thing to know. There's nothing here and now that is ever a problem. So when I know that I go, okay, so what is the problem? It's my mind. It's my thinking. It's a future that doesn't exist. It's imaginary. This is why you go, man, all... Suffering is imaginary. It doesn't mean the experience is not real. It doesn't mean it's to be discounted because it's very real to the person or to me when I'm experiencing that. But it's just a a recognition that there's nothing out there that needs to be fixed or changed. Clean up in here and out there has to reflect that back to you. It's a projection of mind. I shift, it shifts. So for me, it's just... I know that if I am upset at something, I'm insane. I'm crazy. It's like if someone's holding a gun to my head and I'm afraid, I'm not afraid of what's happening. I'm afraid of a future. I'm afraid of being shot. Mm-hmm. And where does that exist? In my mind, it's a projection of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, No one's afraid of a metal object being pointed at their head. They're afraid of being shot. Same thing with, you know, no one's afraid of heights. They're afraid of falling. When someone's standing on a building... They go, man, I'm, I'm really afraid of heights. I go, no, 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 you're, you're playing out on a, a, the screen of your mind falling. That's what you're afraid of right now. So when we recognize that we just take it into inquiry. So for me, it's like, if I'm stressed out, I stop and I realize I'm believing something that's not true. And my job in that moment is to inquire and to see what that is. So I'm either an in inquiry or enjoy and and loving what is and in my passion, or I'm in inquiry. Those are the two states. I got to a point where I'll still need to go into inquiry. I'm not always enlightened all of the time. And even that is just a story of a future. I'm enlightened means I'm gonna be like this in five minutes, but no one knows if that's true. So to me, it's like, we all have enlightened moments. I don't need to be an enlightened master. I just need to have more enlightened moments. And what does that look like? I'm either believing the thoughts in my head that are stressful, or I'm inquiring and I'm not choosing to believe them. And I'm coming back to living in the now.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's very true. It's a really interesting way to. It's a really interesting way to look at it. It's a really. Interesting perspective shift to give you the power. Oh, you're getting lots of hearts on uh, Facebook for that one. Um, <laughs> it's a really interesting way to realize the power that you hold and the way that your mind will run away with you, um, and how we we let it. Right. <laughs> so, what would you say to somebody who, like, they know? Let's say they just keep feeling like they keep falling back in. Right. It's yeah. like they know they want to change, but it's guilt keeps pulling them, it feels like, or shame yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What What do you say to someone to, like, disrupt that pattern?
1: Yeah. So c- can you give me an example just to play with?
2: Um, okay. Let's say someone did something in the past that it's, like, five years ago, but they still feel guilty about it. And every time they try to do something good for themselves, they still use this thing to beat them o- themselves over the head with. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: So let's say – um, they, what's, what's something, um, they, uh, they stole something mm-hmm. from someone. Mm-hmm. And so now today, when they, um, maybe they watch a movie and it's about a thief, mm-hmm. they start getting anxious and guilty. I don't want to watch this movie, you know, or they see other people uh, stealing. They see the government stealing from people and they, re- they get really upset at the government. What they're seeing in their mind is what they did five years ago and the story that says I'm a bad or wrong person. So I have no choice but to see others that are that steal as bad or wrong as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I project on you what I have not inquired about, what I have not transformed. And I project it on you so I can see it, so I can deal with it. So I would say, okay, let's first look at the thought. I stole something, you know, and I love the work of Byron Katie because it can meet anyone anywhere. And it's really just about asking the question, is it true that I stole? And a lot of people get stuck here because they think the answer is the right answer is no, it's not true. But if you did steal something, the answer is yes. And that's not where you need to go with the inquiry. It's about what you make it mean. I stole something and I love this, just asking yourself and it takes stillness. It takes, this is a type of meditation. In my opinion, this is what prayer actually is. You know, there's a part of us. And of course miracles, they call it the Holy spirit, but you can just call it the corrective principle. I'm sure in the East, they'll call it Ganesha. You know, it's this, we're all talking about the same thing, which is this part of me that knows the truth, you know, and the truth is anything that sets me free. That's how I know it's the truth for me right now. So there's that part of me that knows, but I can't hear it with all the mind chatter. So it's very important. I feel stressed. Let me go in. Let me breathe. Let me get still. Let me feel what I'm feeling. Step one. Now I'm in prayer. Now I can have a conversation with the Holy Spirit, my higher mind. Then from there, I ask the questions. I stole, is it true? Was it true? I knew that this was their property and I stole it. You know, I stole their property. I mean, depends on how deep you want to go. Because if you go, I stole their property, what really happened is your body, you know, your body believed your thoughts. You believed your thoughts, your body took something. But are you your body? You know, I can't steal anything. I can't lose anything if I'm speaking about, the aspect of me that is my soul the aspect of me that is my awareness the aspect of me that is eternal that can't be hurt or harmed you know and some people can go there and some people can't go there yet you know but my belief is everyone is going there to release body identification and go into spirit identification but for practical purposes if someone can't really go there yet you know we go there when we can Mm -hmm. it's I stole this and that means what? And what I always like to do is go back to that moment in time because what's happening is I'm I'm watching TV, but I'm playing out this movie in my head. So let me actually go into that movie fully. Now, you don't have to go back into the past, but what's helpful is to use that image to bring up beliefs and thoughts in the now. That's the only use of the past to show me what I'm thinking now. So... I bring it up and I go okay I stole something and that means I'm a bad person and then that's where I start to do inquiry is it true that if I steal something I'm a bad person can I absolutely know that that's true and that's the first question and you just wait and you see what happens you wait and you you wait to hear yes or no you know let's see you find the no no okay when I believe the thought I'm a bad person, what happens? And then you you show yourself all of your patterns. You know, well, when I watch the movie, when I see the government stealing, and then I believe the thought that they're bad because I believe that I'm bad, then I get anxious. There come all my addictions, you know, there come my coping mechanisms. You, you can literally watch for the last maybe 15 years how every single pattern was from just this one unquestioned thought. You go, oh my God, I believe the thought. And then I did this and that's all that's ever happened. Mm. You know? And then I love this question. It says, who would I be without that thought? Who would I be if I couldn't believe that stealing makes me a bad person? It's like, oh, I forgive myself. You know, I wouldn't respond that way. I'd be able to watch the movie and to me, it's like, as I understand something, as soon as I find my innocence within it, I can't accept me. I can't understand me. If I don't accept me, they're 2 they, they're package deal. If I'm not I'm accepting me, I'm resisting me. And there's always confusion when there's judgment. That's what fear does. It distorts reality and makes nonsense make sense. Oh no, it makes sense for me to kill this person. They're the source of all my pain. I got to murder them. And if anyone had those beliefs, they would do the same thing. And this can be across the board. So we go, okay, how do I understand? Let me go back. Why did I steal it? Because I believed I was in lack. You know, I believed I was missing something. Maybe I stole money. I believe I didn't have enough money. Well, is that true that I didn't have enough money then? You know, and I start inquiring there and I start going, okay, well, If, you know, if I believe I needed more money than I had to feel good, to feel safe, then I think I could somehow get safety and security from something outside of me. And that's nonsense. How could something give me safety and security? You know, in fact, the belief that it can give me safety and security is what's making me feel insecure. So you start understanding why did I do that? And if you see the root of it was you just wanted to feel secure, You wanted to feel safe. Well, if a child comes to you and goes, you know, I really want to feel safe. Can you hold me? Can I have some money? They think that those things are going to make them feel safe. You don't say no to them. You're a bad person for wanting that. You just just give it to them. Same thing with you. You look at that and go, well, of course I would do that if I thought that that's how I'm supposed to be safe in this world. And, And I don't need to shame myself for wanting to feel safe. I just understand now that there's no possible way that that can actually make me feel safe. You know, and in that understanding, you know, I believe that transcends forgiveness. Forgiveness in the traditional sense is, I did something wrong and I need to make up for it. The forgiveness that I love, the definition is realizing what I thought happened didn't. I thought that made me a bad person. I'm realizing it didn't. That I just misperceived what safety was, what security was. And that's not wrong or bad. It's just a confused person that couldn't have done it any other way. And so then in that there's acceptance, you know, and that's the healing.
2: Thank you. Does that so make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: It does. It does. And I think I think I think it's really – I love um, Byron Katie and I think it's a really powerful process that you just shared. Anyone who's listening to this, I would highly recommend doing that process and really asking those questions. I think um, – because I think at the root of all healing, like you said, is really like that – it's it's that compassion and that understanding. And I love what you said about – I don't know why I got this image when you said it of like how fear distorts reality. It literally mm-hmm. starts seeing like energy in the air and like things literally – like reality getting mixed up and you seeing something that's not even really there right so yes. i i really loved that thank you so much and i think that was really helpful for anyone who's who's going through something like that um yeah yeah Shira said shara on facebook said the act of forgiveness on an act that we've created a judgment or a belief towards so deep yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah <sighs> well thank you for that um and would love, I'm just looking at the times. So we have about 20 minutes left. Would love if we could do a little channeling and bring Shaka through if that's yeah. that still feels in alignment.
1: Let's do it.
0: Can we ask questions or do you? Or are totally. They just speak? totally. Okay.
1: Okay. I don't know what's going to happen, but questions are really exciting. So, yeah.
2: Okay. Great. Thank yeah.
1: you. <clears throat> All right. We'll see you guys on the other side.
2: All right, we extend our love,
1: joy and appreciation to each and every one of you for to the co-creation. And we will ask you please to proceed with any questions, comments, or queries if you wish.
2: Thank you so much for being here.
1: It is our passion and pleasure.
2: Uh, I think a good first question would be, Is there anything that you feel that our listening audience would benefit to know at this time?
1: The idea of joy being something that you do not need to necessarily cultivate in your life. But the idea rather is that in the absence of what you call resistance, suffering, fear will bubble up like a spring, so to say. And so many of you spend your time and energy and attention on activities to feel more joy, to feel better than you are currently feeling. It is our perspective that the idea is if you're not necessarily feeling joy in the moment, there is some underlying belief, story, or expectation, keeping you from fully letting the joy from your soul be expressed through and as your physical body. And so the idea is to not necessarily look out there to expand the idea of joy, but look in here for any hindrance to joy with honesty, with curiosity, with playfulness, and see what you find. Because many of you, have been taught that experiences bring you joy, when in reality, joy brings to you joyful experiences.
0: Mm. Okay, thank you for that. That's very beautiful. Why, Why did you come here to teach about joy? Why is joy important for human beings?
1: Joy allows you to enter what we have called previously the idea of the current of creation. The concept is that positive energy is the path of least resistance. Positive energy is the path of unification. Positive energy is the path of integration. It's the path of acceleration through the idea of what you call self-realization or becoming more of who you truly are. And so you could say follow your bliss or being in joy is an actual principle of physics and not philosophy. It is an actual way to align yourself when, with an actual electromagnetic current that exists in and as reality that will allow you to be on and experience yourself on the most accelerative and expansive path for you and for all Involved. And so it will actually directly benefit us for you to be in your joy because your gifts, your insight, your experience can ripple out that much greater in a sense by you being in your highest excitement because that will allow us greater interaction with you because you will be closer to our vibration.
2: Mm. Wow.
0: Go ahead how go. many how many human beings roughly are engaging with um other beings that are non-human?
1: On your planet? Correct. All of them.
2: Mm. Unknowing. The idea
1: is that for much of you and many of you it is an unconscious interaction. Mm-hmm. But all of you have connections to interdimensional or extraterrestrial beings that as you would colloquial, colloquially say, are not from earth. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What, so it feels like at this time, there's so many that are, you know, awakening to their potential, that are understanding the intentions they came here with, you know, and to um, speak truths and let themselves be seen. And it also feels like a lot of those beings, those humans, including myself, have a lot of it's almost like, I almost wanna call it like a witch wound. It's like a fear of being persecuted. It's like a fear of being seen in a bigger way that, what what would you say about that?
1: The idea is that the true fear is the self persecution. Mm -hmm. The true fear is believing the persecution that you may observe in other beings and then subjecting yourself to the fire of your own judgment, shame, blame, guilt, and self doubt. And being so distraught or powerless because you actually believe that the source of the persecution is something outside. Mm. And so believing that idea will put you into a state of being of absolute powerlessness. It is this state of being that is fearful, The idea is, the paradox is, as soon as you resist being persecuted, as soon as you wish to avoid being persecuted, you feel powerless anyway. And so you create the worst possible scenario the moment you resist experiencing it.
2: Mm.
1: That's the paradox. It's already, quote unquote, as worse as it gets. (laughs) If you resist a future, you become it now, so to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you recognize that and can look around and say, ah, well, this isn't so bad, maybe I should lighten up on myself, then we recommend doing so.
0: Should the same be said for people that say they haven't found their purpose or that people that are really all of your
1: purpose, your purpose is simply to exist at the core Your purpose isn't something you can fulfill. Your purpose is something you are consistently fulfilling by just existing. Now, on the level of fulfillment that you are expressing, fulfillment is synonymous with being your natural self. And being your natural self looks like acting on your passion, excitement, and joy moment by moment to the best that you are able with no insistence of a result or outcome. This is the formula that Bashar has given. This is simply the state of grace in action. And so that is what it looks like to be fulfilled. So the question necessarily isn't, what is my purpose? The question is, is how am I fulfilling my purpose? Am I doing it in a way that is joyful and exciting? Or am I doing it in a way that is full of resistance and resentment? If you are fulfilling your purpose in a way that is negative, the question is why? What service is that providing you? What do you believe you are gaining from choosing to keep yourself small? How do you think it protects you? You have to find why you believe negative beliefs are actually serving you or you will not let them go. Wow. Does that answer your question?
0: Yes. Thank you very much.
1: You are welcome.
0: Um, the
2: one Something that popped up, I think, for our community in particular is for those who want to follow their passion and joy, but they are stuck, they feel stuck in a situation where they must, quote, worry about money. How can they, for somebody who's in that situation, how can they feel safe to follow their passion if they feel worried about money, or how can they start to move in that direction more?
1: By understanding there is no such thing as a certain circumstance or outcome that can actually force them to not be safe. Mm. The idea is that safety is a recognition of who you truly are as an eternal and indestructible being. And so the idea is that if you go for it and you act in your passion and you are not making the money that you believe you need to make, it's about asking the question of what are you afraid will happen, what's the worst case scenario, and beginning to question the stories that you're telling yourself. Because none of you are afraid of an actual circumstance. You are afraid of your story about a circumstance, If you remove the story, you will see that even the most threatening circumstances are completely harmless without a story of what it will lead to, what it will mean about me, and so forth. And so the idea is if you run out of money or you're not supported You have to ask the question, what would I believe about me in order to believe that for some reason out of every individual in creation, I am the only one that is not supported and will not be fully supported in every way that I need in being myself. Because everyone is supported in being themselves. That is why when you resist being yourself, it is so challenging, it is so difficult because you are going against your nature and you will always fail at being someone you're not. And so you have to ask the question, there will be as many reasons as there are people for what the fear may be of not being supported in their passion.
0: I love that. I love that. Can I ask you a fun question? Last question. Go for it, Amy. What is a... Ridiculous human concept in your view, and what is an underutilized human concept in your view?
2: That's a great
1: question. All right. Ridiculous may not be the word that we would necessarily use, but perhaps surprising. One of the most surprising concepts that we experience and observe in humanity is the degree in which you believe that you are your body the way that you actually believe that you are separate from other individuals and separate from life, to us is actually astounding that a aspect of creation, that it's even possible in a sense to experience that level of separation. We would also find the idea of the quality you call denial to be an exceptionally Interesting anomaly. The idea is that denying yourself the awareness of fear is denying yourself the awareness of love, of transformation. So to us, it's completely nonsensical. The What you call underutilized, again, we may not necessarily use this terminology. You are all using your belief systems exactly the way they are meant to be used for what they are. And so if you are using a negative belief system, you are perfectly using that to express a negative belief system and thereby express negative action and negative outcomes. So you are doing that perfectly, abundantly the same way you are with positive belief systems. We would say, however, if we had to answer this question in the way we believe you mean it, the idea of what you call on your planet, self-inquiry, self-understanding, the idea of observing your thinking, your belief systems, and actually questioning them, and bringing yourself into a state of looking at the negative belief system is in our opinion, something that can be greatly approved upon. Again, with no insistence that you need to, only the idea that it would greatly benefit you to do so. Thank you. Yes.
2: Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else that you feel inspired to share before we bring Brandon back?
1: Only that each and every one of you are doing exactly what you need to be doing and that this moment is not a mistake. Therefore, every moment leading up to this moment has not been a mistake. You have never therefore made mistakes. You have allowed yourself to play out belief systems in order to learn from them in this moment. And how you choose to learn about the different actions you have taken in the past will determine whether you see them as mistakes or as learning opportunities. Therefore, you will not resist making mistakes in the future, but you will embrace them. And we see this being a very expansive option for those of you that want to accelerate in the idea of your overall personal freedom and evolution. We thank you all for the opportunity for us to be ourselves and share our passion with you at this timing. We love each and every one of you dearly and we bid you all a good day and happy dreams.
0: Thank
2: you. Thank you. Hi.
1: All right. How was it?
2: That was phenomenal. That was I great. wanted to like give a, a, everyone on Facebook is giving rounds of applause. Very, <laughs> very, very excited. Um,
0: Thank you so much. That was great.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My pleasure. It's, it's super fun. You guys had, I can't remember all of them. I remember some of them had some really good questions that um, I can't remember at least ever being asked. So that's always fun. Cause those kind of stick with me. Like what I need to hear sticks with me after.
2: Yeah. Why it's, it, it was just occurring to me. I'm like, man, like, so, so you, Shaka sounds so much like Bashar. Is that because yeah. they're of yeah. the same race? Like they all yeah. sound, kind of sound the same have the same sort of accent.
1: They all kind of sound the same because they're in a, um, they're in, they're in transition into fifth density. So they're a unified, Race, uh, They're, you know, raw in the law of one material would call it a, uh, a social memory complex. So they're unified. So uh, they're, they're going to be very similar, but then they'll have a very distinct, like if you talk to Bashar and then you talk to Shaka, there'll be a lot of similarities, but then they have their distinct personalities and specialties and where they focus. Um, but yeah.
0: Do they have gender?
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. Is
0: Shaka a, f- a female gender? He's a man. He's a man. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: interesting. Why do you ask that, Andy? Um, Because some people say that when I channel, my face changes. So I was watching to see if your face would change. And I saw almost like feminine features.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: That's why I was like, um, I just kind of assumed. But... Mm.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Our our um. First of all, Tara Borden on Facebook says, "I'll need to rewatch this multiple times." That's exactly what I was talking about, Tara. The first time I I heard him channel, I was like, "I gotta relisten to this a million times." Shira said, "Because you can feel there's so much information in there. Like even though you're yeah. hearing it, there's so many layers, right?" Yeah, yeah. Um, Shira said, "What does that feel like to you, Brandon?" Good question.
1: You know when it's ha- it, it's a lot of energy. But at the same time, I'm very relaxed. Uh, again, kind of like a dream. So for me, it's like I kind of go backstage. He takes the front stage. I'm there, but I'm not all there. And sometimes I experience uh, different things, like uh, symbols or geometries. And I have I could have this weird awareness thing. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's like I could be aware of my experience while also being aware that I'm channeling, you know, like I'm in something over here and this is happening. And then I can be aware of both at the same time. And like both of those things. And it's been funny because in some moments that in the beginning, it kind of freaked me out because then I'm like, so then where am I? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm not there, but there I'm here. And it like could pull me out at first because it brought up actual fear. of what's happening and control and had to work through some of that. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's, uh, it's really energizing. Uh, It's uh, very loving. It's very like certain, like, like I know who you are, Uh, you know, we know who we are energy. And then I'm always left. Like, it feels like I just got out of a nap.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, their energy is always, so every time I hear them, whether it's Shaka or Bashar, it always mm. makes me feel so excited about life. Like I'm <laughs> just so excited afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, man, why don't I always feel like this? You know? So totally. I think that's why it's also kind of like you want to listen over and over because you want to be in that energy of, like you said, someone who's so, an entity that's so certain about it. It feels yeah. like this is what it is. Like, And that feels good to know. So thank you so much. That was truly such a gift uh, for us, for our listeners, for the listeners who will listen to this later over and over again, I assume. Thank you, truly. And thank you for being you and and sharing uh, such sweet information earlier. Yeah. Would love to know just for anyone listening who wants to work with you or follow you mm-hmm. or get more of this information, yeah. where can they find you?
1: So here's something really cool. I just came to mind. Um, I'm just starting to offer this small group sessions with Shaka. So you can do one-on-one, yeah. but we can do up to three people in a one-on-one because what I found is sometimes you go for the whole hour, but the answers could be so straightforward that in 30 minutes you're like, I'm good. So doing like a small group and playing off of each other, that's really exciting to me. So that's something that I want to offer. I haven't, I haven't actually put it up yet, but if you, uh, if you go to my website and you go to work with me and if you sign up for a session and then you'll book a call um, you could just put in the notes or send me an email on the link you received from me the email you receive me, this is going to be with two or three people and you guys can like split the cost or something, or whatever you want to do. So I do, I do one-on-one sessions, you know, programs, all this stuff. My Instagram is just my first and last name. And then my website is just my first and last name, brandonbozart.com. So you could find it all there.
2: Amazing. Liz Magnolia says sold. There you go. (laughs) um so if you guys are listening to this on the audio version we will put all of brandon's information in the show notes you can just click and follow him go to his website if you want to get in on these awesome private sessions um sounds incredible thank you so much for being here we really enjoyed it and uh yeah you'll have to come back sometime
1: yeah thank you guys so much this was such a fun experience you guys are amazing hosts and uh yeah i had a lot of fun
2: Thank you so much. Until next time, everyone, keep on blooming. Bye. See you guys.